0: what's wrong with this thing. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, those on the binary, poets and perverts, explorers of all kinds, trolls and triumphants and tiny answers and top-shelf trash talkers. Welcome to Busted Mouth on Q4 Radio, QUE4.org. Take a shot if you're playing at home. Uh, we're here every single Monday from 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. The podcast version of the show is available as well. So if you dig the live show, check out the recap, minus most of the music uh, every single Wednesday. Pretty much everywhere podcasts are found on uh, uh, iTunes and Stitcher and, and Spotify, of course. And, and conversely, uh, if you're one of the folks outside of Chicago who digs the podcast every week, Check out the live show on Q4.org, Q-U-E-4.org. Shots! Uh, Do you realize that this is the 21st Monday that we've spent together? Our baby is all grown up, and we are hitting the strip club. I my person I'm not a strip club guy, but the show really wants to go. The show wants to go, so we're just gonna go and check it out. It's all uh, we're all gonna chip in and buy the show a dance. It's only fair. Uh, I've not been sleeping too much. I'm a little loopy today, and, and shocking. I know, I know. I've said it every week, and you're like, why don't you just sleep? Because it's hard for me. It's difficult. Uh, but I've been wearing my Fitbit to bed, my Fatbot as I call it uh, to bed, just so I can track exactly how much I'm not sleeping. And I pulled it up and went, oh, you know what? I'm sure it's fine. I know I don't always get good sleep, and I went, oh, I've slept more than six hours three times in the last six weeks yeah it's got to work on it um what else is going on chicago summer's wrapping up uh it's it's almost it's almost in but it's still kind of nice and balmy outside which is great uh, enjoy it while you can the last few street fest kicked off yesterday and uh saturday the end of, the end of the street fair season is, is just about to just about finished. riot fest of course the big one along with the, all the other all the other big music fests, like Lollapalooza and Pitchfork and everything else uh, that, that was over the weekend. Uh, I'm not a Riot Fest kind of guy. I love live music. I just – I don't like crowds and outdoors and hot and uh, waiting in line for porta-potties. Not into it – Um but all kinds of stuff happened. Mike Mamoni, our buddy, Mike Mamoni played uh Ravenswood Art Fest yesterday. I couldn't, unfortunately, be there because uh, I had some family obligations I had to attend to, but I'm I'm sure he was great. By the way, Mike Mamoni has uh has a brand new video for his single, Hey Now, and it's so dope. The Hi-Hat Club EP is uh is now out, and uh Hey Now is the first video off it. It's so absolutely so good. It's so much fun. I love watching it. Go to MikeMamoni.com, that's M-I-K-E-M-A-I-M-O-N-E. E. shots uh, <laughs> dot com to, uh, to check it out please do share it and like it and all that kind of stuff uh, I had an interesting experience on the social media yesterday leading me to a, to a new theory that I'm going to share with you in just a little bit but right now you know how we start the show it's always a little bit of the rock and roll and speak of the devil this is Mike Mamoni off of uh, the Hi-Hat Club EP this is, uh, this is Hey Now Dig It <laughs> You gon' Check out Mike Memoni. He's he's dope. Uh, if you haven't heard his episode, you can check it out on the podcast. I think two or three back was Mike, and uh, it was a really fun conversation. And he's such a talented, good dude. And I'm I'm glad that uh, glad that his new stuff is doing so well, and that, that he continues to just keep kicking ass all over the world. Speaking of kicking ass, that's a terrible segue, but it, it is there. Um, you know, Riot Fest was just in was just in town. It was the last like the big fest. There's you know all the North Park Fest, Pitchfork, all the things that I never go to because I. Uh, me. I'm just too me for that sort of thing, Uh, living my best life. That's how I roll. Uh, Two phrases I don't like to use. Anyway, (laughs) digging holes. Uh, So, Apparently after Riot Fest, there, I mean, there are always these these post shows. You know, there are these these uh, clubs will be like, "Hey, exclusive after show" and that sort of thing, giving you know bands an opportunity to play more places, make a little bit more money, et cetera, et cetera. And I I think that's terrific. Uh, so apparently after Riot Fest, uh, there were a number of shows in in the Bucktown neighborhood, uh, which is not downtown. And <laughs> uh, so in in Bucktown there are like these three shirtless. Douche Nozzles who decided they were just being drunken teenager idiots i'm assuming and just like ripped up a you know a planter out in front of a store and um the you know, and the store owner has a security camera, as a lot of places do, and they, so instead of, like, filing a police report, which is kind of pointless because they didn't make that much damage to really make it worth it, she just kind of posted their pictures on the internet um, of, hey, look at these idiots, and look what these idiots did, and one of them has a Sum 41 tattoo, which I find hysterical, and very on-brand in this particular case. So the story gets picked up, I guess, by, by Block Club Chicago, which uh, is a website that does, you know, talks about neighborhoods in Chicago and all that kind of stuff. At some point with every article, there are, there's a comment section nowadays, so everyone's commenting and things. And I guess at some point, uh, some, some, some dummy from outside the city said, uh, oh, well, as if I needed another reason to not go downtown. I'm not exactly quoting, but that's what it is, right? But he says, you know, oh, well, th- this is why I don't go downtown. Well, first of all, it's not downtown. It's not. And it's, it's a thing that a lot of people do outside of the city. They refer to everything in the city as downtown, it's just a, it's a, it's it's a stupid colloquialism. And also a lot of people just think that everything is downtown. Like the city of Chicago is nothing but a bunch of tall buildings and a bean and a park. And they think that's really what the city is. So they figure, you know, oh, downtown it's not. Uh, so Jill Hopkins, if you don't know Jill Hopkins, she's an acquaintance of mine. I've done her show uh, before. She's on Vocalo 91.1 FM, which is a, a cool station. Um, and she does morning app. She's, you know, eight to 10. Really cool. Always has smart things to say. So she sees this dude, this dummy doing a bit of the Chicago splaining, and gets in there and goes, Hey, uh, actually, it's not downtown. And to which uh, this guy kind of fights back. He's like, "Oh, I'm pretty sure he is." And he, you know, he, he just won't he won't he just won't give up the ghost. Like all he had to do was just say, "Hey, guess what? Uh, I was wrong. I was incorrect. I misspoke. I was I've been corrected. Whatever it is." But he's a dude, and he's an internet dude. So as we know, internet dudes just can't let it go. Uh, so she kind of fights with him a little bit, and it's just like, "All right, have a good day." Uh, bap in your face. Uh, takes a couple screenshots, goes over to Facebook, her own page, and posts um, basically just uh, like a couple of screenshots. a get a load to this guy look at this dummy and you know people are jumping in and, ha 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 and it's a very lighthearted joke and I'm uh yesterday I'm, I'm about to take a nap because I wasn't sleeping and I worked late at the where I work I almost said where I worked uh I worked late the night before so I so I uh was gonna get an afternoon nap before I had to go do some stuff but I go hey, let me just check Facebook because I'm crazy just like you are and I can't put down my phone either and I open up Facebook and I see this and I'm just kind of giggling ha ha isn't this funny and this dude comes in the guy who was actually on the show, I think his name was John. I'm not going to give out his name because I'm not that kind of dude. Uh, but but he actually apparently had followed her from a different website to her own page, and then he's jumping in the comments and he's just uh, he just can't let it go. And everyone else is like, okay, this was fun. And he just can't, he just keeps doubling down and throwing it in, and then it gets wild and gets kind of crazy. And I throw in uh, a comment, and I comment on Facebook. I don't fight on Facebook. I don't fight on the internet at all. Uh, I'll say one thing that's kind of clever, and then uh, I will just. Like, go away. I'll just throw a clever bomb in there, or what I think is clever, I'll just throw a clever bomb in there, and then I'll slink away. And if it doesn't get a lot of likes, I'll delete it because uh, I don't want records of bad jokes. Anyway. And it gets kind of wild. I fall asleep, kind of. I slept for like 10 minutes, but I had my eyes closed for 40. Uh, and I open it up, and, and this thing has gone from like 20 comments to like 120 comments. It's still going, and it's gone the full gamut. It's gone from, hey, this seems really rude, all the way to like, reverse racism! Uh, because Jill's black. So it's like, yeah, reverse racism and, you know, the MAGA stuff. And then there's a picture of Colin Kaepernick in there. It really just it ran the whole gamut. It was an entire microcosm. It was basically like uh, the internet distilled into one thread. And I found it hysterical. And then she uh, talked about it on her show this morning. So I, I want to comment on it because I, I think what I think the most important thing to, to keep in mind here is that people are wrong all the time. They are. And most people, like me, like you, like average people, like good, decent human beings, most of the time, at least when they know they've been proven wrong, will go, all right, I'm wrong. Let me just slink out of here. Uh, sometimes with a comment, sometimes with a little bit of gruff. But, you know, they know they're dumb. Like the other day, I was sitting on a couch uh, watching uh, F That's Delicious on, uh, on Vice, uh, Action Bronson show, which is very surprisingly good, by the way. Uh, so I'm watching that show, and uh, they were talking about buffalo mozzarella. And I was sitting with Renee, and Renee says, hey, you know, buffalo, oh, that must be, must be different They're using buffalo milk. And I was like, oh, no, it's, it's, that's, just a, that's just a style. It's not actually buffalo's milk. And then for a second I went. Is that buffalo's milk? So I look it up on Gmail, G- on Google, Gmail. Look it up on Google, and was like, oh, I'm actually wrong. Someone said to me once, that's just Buffalo, it's just a style called Buffalo Mozzarella. And I went, oh, yeah, of course it is. And I never, and whatever it was. So I went, hey, guess what? I'm wrong. Because the reason is, the thing is, like, Renee is 150 times smarter than I am. And uh, she's really good at going, you're wrong. And she does it very nicely and makes me feel dumb uh, because I'm such a loudmouth uh, D-bag. Anyway, uh, so I think people are wrong all the time. People are wrong on the Internet all the time. Most of the time it's okay. Um, the three ways I think that people are – they're either initially misinformed, like the Buffalo mozzarella thing, and they cling to it and then they're proven wrong. Or, or a lot of times people believe that their opinions are facts. Right? Like Colin Kaepernick is disrespecting the flag by kneeling. It's like, oh, that's an opinion, not a fact. And, uh, or they have like a half truth idea and then they're just BSing their way around it inside of a thread to seem smart or clever. And then someone goes, whack, Google, suck it. Uh, and, and it changes. So, but when a dude is shamed on the internet, when a guy is proven wrong, When it's dude, when it's capital D dude, and it's not always men, but it's mostly men, and it's mostly white men, let's be honest with ourselves, more often than not, that's what I'm seeing, Uh, I feel like what happens in a thread is like the five stages, what I'm going to call the five stages of dude proven wrong on the internet. And the first one is denial. Uh, But it's just like I'm what I said was correct or they double they back up and go, well, actually, that's not what I meant. I know that's what I typed, but I was careless and that's not what I meant. Right. So that's number one denial. Sometimes it goes that far. Sometimes it, it ends there oftentimes it does not because then it goes to anger like how dare you say this and i know a lot of things and then it just gets real it starts getting kind of heated coated heated really really fast and then it'll slip into bargaining and the bargaining is like um it's either one of two things it's either um hey i love women or i have daughters or i've got a black friend or you know whatever that kind of dumb thing is or the bargaining is like hey you seem like a good person let's all i tell you what let's all just let's let this go and i'll have a nice day and there's the bargaining thing and sometimes it ends there but if it doesn't it might moves on to the next, which is deflection, which is what ism, which is buck passing, which is, uh, oh yeah, well, your shirt is stupid, or whatever it is. It's like anything that's away from the point. Not fighting the point, not talking about what we're arguing. It's let's deflect it in every way and go straight into tribalism of like, well, uh, you social justice warriors, or you Republican idiots, or whatever else in between, and we deflect all over the place. So it spins so far out of control, it just becomes about winning the fight and not at all about being... Uh, not at all acknowledging the fact that someone was wrong, that we've proven it wrong, and we've moved on, and it gets real ugly real fast, much like this thread does, much like most of the threads you've seen on the internet. It happens all the time, and it gets wild, and then people start jumping in, and it's just it's straight up deflecting all over the place, and it's, it's, a, it's an absolute mess. And then, of course, the last stage. Deletion, where you go back and you delete every comment that you might have said that might have been not on the point, might uh, uh, make you look bad, might delete the entire thread entirely, which I've done. Uh, (laughs) And that's it. Denial, anger, bargaining, deflection, deletion. I understand ego. I get it. I understand that uh, accepting defeat is hard. It's a difficult thing to do. And sometimes you do it and you're a bigger person for it. I used to be really bad about admitting that I was wrong, but I'm trying to get much better at it. And I think I've grown as a person because progress we but the real crime, I think, in this particular case is that is that people aren't it's not that they're too dumb to get that they've lost. It's not that they're too stupid to understand that they're losing or that they have already lost. It's that they are so deluded. That they think they can, they can actually win. That if they keep swinging long enough, like if I can stretch this fight out, I can eventually turn it in my favor. Which never happens, and it never works that way. And that's how a bill becomes a law. Right here on Q4 Radio QUE4.org. Shot 98.3 FM in Chicago's new, newly uh, the newly minted 98.3. But right now I have to do, we are a nonprofit station, but I do occasionally have to take a couple ads just to pay some bills. Uh, this one is for, let's see, let's pull it up here. Um All right, 50 Cent Shave Club. Our goal is to make sure you always have everything you need to look, feel, and smell. Maybe not your best, but pretty good. You've heard a Dollar Shave Club. We're 50 Cent Shave Club. Not affiliated with Curtis Jackson, but you're going to think it's your birthday every month when a box arrives at your door, chock full of, you know they're okay razors you control your consumer experience with two exciting options either choose the classic plan with a box of you know razors they're, they're all right are they're shipped directly to you or you could try our new dynamic plan just now in beta where we try out and use really good razors and then we use them until they're like halfway done and then we pass the savings on to you and maybe you've heard that our razors aren't good that other companies razors are twice as good yeah well they're twice as expensive they're dollar shave club dollar shave club we're 50 cent shave club and fine it will make you feel better we'll we're 40 they are now 40 cent shave club we're even going to change the website go to 40 cent and enter the promo code busted mouth at the checkout for a free gift what's the gift why do you care it's free just take it 40 cent shave club it's free or at least it's cheaper and, and you have student loan debt so really we're helping you out we're doing you a favor so why don't you pass it along don't be ungrateful 40 cent shave club now here's buck 65 most people are curious and want to get dirt on. The centaur, I'm famous, I so walk around with no shirt on. The easiest way would be for you to lie face down. I'm a man, but I'm built like a horse from the waist down. People are afraid of me, but act like they love me. Feast your eyes upon my nudity, I am beauty and the beast. I have plenty to say, but nobody listens because my clock is so clean. Is missing, so I can't believe I just said that out loud. I'm disappointed. All right, let's move on to our guest. Uh, <laughs> hey, woo! Q4.org, Q-U-E-4.org. Shots! Uh, 98.3 FM, of course. I'm J.W. Basile, your host. Our guest uh, today is Leah Munze, who is the production coordinator and the co-producer of the great Paper Machete show that happens every single Saturday at uh, 3 p.m. in the Green Mill, the coolest bar in Chicago. And she's also a badass dynamic kickboxing <laughs> champion all these things are true. What's up, Leah? Uh,
1: Nothing much. How are you doing, Jersey? Uh, You know,
0: yeah, see, Jersey. I'll take Jersey. Jersey. Whatever. i take all kinds of things. JW. I was feeling the difference between
1: JW and Baz. Yeah,
0: well, I mean, that's the thing is, I I get that question a lot, too, is uh, my friends call me Baz. Like, Mm -hmm. everyone who knows me knows me calls me Baz, but like, everyone who knows me professionally calls me JW. It's Mm -hmm. fine. Uh, My father introduced me uh, as JW last night for the first time (laughs) ever, Mm -hmm. which was very strange. We were at Marie's, you know Marie's Pizza Lounge? Yeah. yeah right? It's yeah. Marie's. Everyone yeah, knows Marie's. Yeah. Um, I, I know Marie's because they were the only place that used to deliver liquor and pizza and Ooh. cigarettes after Ooh, midnight. Yes. Um, but now they, they, he's got this jazz singer he likes. We went and like she wouldn't stop hitting on me. It was very strange. Uh, so that was my <laughs> evening. I don't know why. I just, I don't know why. I was like, should I talk about this? Um, so Leah, is you have such the interesting resume in that... <laughs> You're like I'm a theater kid and a co-producer mm-hmm. and I do all this stuff mm-hmm. and I'm also an absolute badass and I kick people in the face for money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's that like?
1: Uh, it's great. It's it's uh, you know I feel like I've really uh, hit a great balance between um, having uh, you know my artistic life is very satisfactory. It's very uh, fulfilling. It's very good, and I also just get to shut all of that down and just be you know like. I've always been kind of athletic. I've always been like, you know, involved in sports. When I was younger, I used to swim competitively. Um, I was tracking for a while to be um, in Olympic time trials. Like I was competing against as a uh, swimmer, as a swimmer, yeah. Get out. When I was a, when I was a young thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like I would go to like Nova Scotia and compete with Olympians, and like, you know, and so I, that was sort of my direction for a while. But then I uh, went to boarding school, and they didn't have a swim team, uh, so I got into theater instead. Um, and uh, so it's been good to add, um, you know, a physical element back into my life that I can commit myself and be. Dedicated to, and it's just been so, it's been so great. It's, it's it's such a tremendous release. You know, it's uh, it's a really um, it's it's hard to hold tension and anger when you have like a two and a half hour period allotted out of your every day to go punch and kick things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's just sort of like mellowed me out a lot. It's given me like a great release, um, and it's it's also become. Uh, it's it's a different way of a sort of expressing like my politics and and uh my brand of feminism um
0: mm-hmm. because i've
1: become a trainer at this point too and So I, where do you train? I work at uh i work and train at Chicago Mixed Martial Arts. Oh, right on. Uh the coach that i work with most frequently is Brian Gassaway. I also work with Rick Solo uh cool. from time to time at his new gym, uh i key training hall in Rogers Park. Cool. Um both of those gyms are fantastic places um at Chicago MMA. Um i'm also a trainer there. Um i do uh I take private clients, but I also teach a class, uh, women's only class, on Sundays. Right on. Um, and it's designed for beginners. It's a really excellent way to introduce women to the sport. Um, you know, of course, uh, combat sports is not exactly like a friendly space to women. Yeah. Um, and so it's been uh, it's been so great for me to sort of. Um, like, the, the owners of the gym are, are wonderful. They just have sort of given me and the head coach of the women's program, Rosie, just free reign to be like, run your program as you want to run it. Like, we That's don't, so we're not going to, you know, micromanage. We're not going to oversee this. And so uh, she and I have just been able to really, like, take and develop this women's program um, into, like, a very healthy and robust little community. And uh, it's, it's so gratifying to be in a, a room full of other women all learning how to you know like not only like you know like the self-defense aspect of it is important right sure but there are so many other like soft skills you gain just like being assertive and uh Knowing how to defend your space and stand your ground and not back down. Right. Like those are all like the soft skills that you take away from combat sports that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, women are traditionally like conditioned out of. And so seeing women kind of like – like for lack of – this sounds like, you know, a poster on the wall. Like right. find their power. But like seriously, like watching somebody hit uh, a tie pad for the first time and like realizing just how strong they are mm-hmm. – and watching that shock and surprise, like, cross their face and, like, not know how to process it and then eventually start to own that, it's, it's so magical. It's so wonderful. And it's, like, it's my favorite thing in the world.
0: I think it's, I, I think it's cool. That approach is important because I, I... – Kickboxing and boxing and combat sports it not only is good for your body, it's mm-hmm, good for your, mm-hmm. it's good for the endorphins, it's good for all the things, yeah. but it's a terrific workout. Yes, really, really great workout. Yes. Um, and like when I used to do jujitsu, that was mm-hmm. the best pure full body workout. i oh my I've God, ever, yeah. had, been, ever had ever had
1: jujitsu? Yeah. Like all the static yep, full, holding, oh it just God, all of a sudden crazy. you're like your core gets so strong. Yeah. Like jujitsu it, makes me crazy because but, it's like so hard. I'm
0: terrible at it. I
1: know <laughs> it's so hard.
0: The, I mean, the point I'm making, or the one I'm getting to, is that it's such a great workout, and I think it's great that women go in that field. Mm- of course, it's it, it's easy to be shied away because mm-hmm. of the aggression of it yes. for a lot of women. Yes. Uh, so I feel like there's a there's a particular chain in the world mm-hmm. uh, that gives out free pink boxing gloves. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know who I'm talking mm-hmm. about, right? Mm-hmm. And I go, that's mm-hmm. that's great. Good for you. Mm-hmm. But is that kind of counterproductive? It
1: is. I, I think so. Because here's the thing about uh, chains like the one that you're referring to is I think a couple of things. Like what you get from that kind of gym is a good sweat like you'll oh, get no a, you'll get a good sweat on you won't learn technique though, and you certainly won't learn practical self defense and so what bothers me about places like that is that it gives people like a false sense of their own abilities you know oh i'm I'm taking these kickboxing lessons you know like i like I would hate to uh like for someone to take those lessons and try to apply them in a street self defense situation right, right. that like that, it, it, it feels almost immoral to me to, to give people that sort of sense of like false sense of empowerment, right? That false sense of ability. Like, Oh, I I'm, I'm going to go out and I'm going to defend myself and I'm going to like punch a stranger, you know, like, no, mm-hmm. like not like one of the things that I really appreciate about my gym is that we do, we're, we're very picky with technique, right? And we, and especially with the women's program because you know a lot of women are concerned about self defense we we do teach with an eye to self defense and we do take the time to point out like hey this is something that would be useful in a street self defense situation or this is something that wouldn't be useful in a street self defense right, situation right. this is for the gym only you know this is for competition but don't try to take this out into a situation where you need to defend yourself and like again like the 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 sort of like big box kickboxing gyms like they don't teach technique like and, and honestly like watching people train there I'm concerned about them hurting themselves in the gym because nobody's supervising them in their execution. Sure. You know, I'm watching people like throw wild hooks at weird angles that are bad for their joints. And I'm watching people kick in ways that are going to hurt their knees. And it just it it, it frustrates me that that's sort of like in the same way that like, you know, like, again, to connect this to politics, like in the same way, like, like feminism is being commodified like kickboxing commodified sure. as a fem in like in that feminist packaging sure. is so frustrating to me because it's it's, it's like a watered down washed down an ineffective version of the sport that like will end up doing more harm than good
0: yeah I, i'm i good that's kind of what i thought you'd say. <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's not it's not my it's not my fight to have yeah, no yeah, pun intended. Yeah. but like it's it's really i figured that's exactly yeah. what you were gonna say yeah. um and i want i didn't know if i was nuts uh when did you because i don't remember you being a, i've known you for a number of years <laughs> Because uh, you used to work with us at uh, at the Hi Hat Club, mm-hmm. uh, take a shot if you're listening. We're the new the new busted about drinking game is not me spelling things. It's every time someone says hi hat in this in this room, because mm-hmm. uh, we all the musicians and burlesque dancers and everybody who've come mm-hmm. through here. Anyway, uh, so but I've known you a long time, like from back then. I don't remember yeah. you kickboxing back
1: then. No, I wasn't doing that at the time. Um, basically, I kind of I kind of had this uh, like sort of like come to Jesus moment where um, I just wasn't satisfied with kind of like the direction my life was taking. Like mm-hmm. a lot of um, like a you know like a lot of people in my life were not good for me. A lot of situations in my life were not good for me, and I kind of had this this moment where I um, was like, you know what? Like I'm gonna quit smoking, drinking, stop having caffeine, and I'm gonna become like a workout fiend. Wow! And there was this like turnaround point. You went,
0: you went full one. Yeah, like
1: there was this, there was this, this sharp pivot. But the kickboxing didn't come into play until like so I made. Like, that was kind of, like, that was in the back of my mind for a while, and I was starting to, like, make steps towards, like, cutting down on my drinking, cutting down on my smoking, like, started doing yoga, that sort of thing, you know, like, testing the waters. Uh, Like, I had this sort of, like, moment of clarity, and then, like, and stopped drinking, stopped smoking, and a few days after that, um, my roommate's ex-boyfriend broke into our house, And that's when I started boxing. Um, And because I just, you know, we were able to get him out using only our words uh but i felt like i needed something to back that up you know i Mm -hmm. felt like i needed some some way to like you know you can talk big but i really wanted to have just like uh, the knowledge that if i needed to ever back up my mouth i could um and so i took my first boxing class the next day i really enjoyed it i found i mean like it was the only thing for a while that made me feel like i was like back in control of my life that's so you know and so i mean like like a violation like that somebody coming into your house like in the middle of the night waking up to like your best friend screaming like sure, it sure. was just it was very startling and i like i felt very insecure for a long time and sure. like when i was boxing that was like the only time where i felt like all right like i'm i'm actively doing something to shield myself from that situation again i'm actively doing something so i can protect my friends you know like that was a deep concern of mine still is you know like uh, like especially like you know in this day and age in trump's america like the safety of my friends and loved ones is always a concern for me of course. and so i i get a lot of peace from doing something that puts me, you know, that makes me feel like if if I ever, again, ever had to back up my mouth and if, I, if it ever came to it, I could do something, you know, and protect myself, protect my friends, protect my loved ones. Um, and, it, it, again, that, that, that brings me a lot of peace. That brings me a lot of, like, a, a good sense of wellness, you know. Um, and so I started boxing, and at first I was just doing it one day a week, and then it quickly turned into three days a week. And yep. then I kind of wanted to advance past that because I was just doing – Like uh, Chicago Athletic Club was the gym that I was a member at at the time. Sure. And they just offered boxing classes, and I found an instructor that I really liked. And um, kind of we, with a couple of other members of the gym started doing like semi-private sessions in kickboxing Muay Thai. Um, From there I was like, you know, I really am enjoying this kickboxing. Like where can I get into this more? He directed me to a gym that I'm not going to name, but um, if like you talk to me, I will absolutely advise you not to go there Mm -hmm. because uh, rumor has it that the gym owner assaulted a student. uh, And I left that space to come over to Chicago MMA where I've had just like a, a perfectly wonderful experience and it was at chicago mma that i started competing um you know and this all happened at a pretty accelerated rate i like, yeah and this
0: is just a few yeah. years ago like, <laughs> yeah. this is a very short window
1: yeah yeah i started so i started again i think about uh, just about three years ago two and a half three years ago something like that started boxing like went from went from chain smoking alcoholic to like i'm going to begin this and um switched gyms moved over to chicago mma um the head coach there, Brian Gasaway, again, totally wonderful guy. He and he's
0: uh, like a Gasaway's got like a legit yeah. rep. Like, oh yeah. No, Gasaway is really a member of the stuff. Illinois Martial Arts Hall of Fame. He yeah. He, he really knows stuff.
1: Um, he was pro fighter for like I think two decades, something mm-hmm. crazy like that. He I think has the second highest number of fights of any fighter in Illinois. I think the only person who beats him is Shoni Carter, um, who will drop by our gym occasionally. That's
0: the second time Shoney's name has come up on this. Who in, else was talking about Shoney? Tim, oh, Tim Stafford used to train with Shoney. Oh, right on. Uh, yeah, yeah. And they're talking about doing a project. So Shoney might actually do this show.
1: Oh, my God. He's wonderful. And he's so fun. So, so many great stories yeah. Like and such a fun training partner. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, he always just makes me feel so good about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, like He's so encouraging. Uh, but so, yeah, Brian is, is, is... Not only is he an amazing fan, Fighter, but he's a wonderful person. And he, um, when I approached him asking if, uh, he thought it would be a, a good idea for me to compete, like his face just like lit up and he was like, oh, I was really hoping you'd ask about this. And so, um, I started doing training with the fight team there. Um, the fight team meets four times a week. Um, sometimes five, if we have like a sparring session on Saturdays, which I typically, unfortunately can't go to because I have the machete. Um, but, uh, uh, the fight team, like I said, meets four days a week. Um, we train from noon till two forty-five. Um, and so it is like, it's a part-time job basically. And I'm I'm just like doing it at an amateur level, you know, like I compete in tournaments, um, you know, but we take it seriously and we, and we care a lot about it. And like some of my teammates are absolutely looking, you know, they're trying to go pro, they're trying to track that way. Like, I'm just happy to train around them. I don't think I'm ever going to go like make this my life. Um, because I kind of, I I like the fact that this isn't.
0: But isn't it your life?
1: It is, it is, but it's, it's more of a choice. You know, like when I worked in theater, part of what drove me out of it, and why I stopped working in theater full time was because then, like, your passion projects were affixed to capital, right? Sure. And it sucks when you have to start taking projects just because you need to pay the rent. And I never want that to be my life with kickboxing. Like I want to be able to to kickbox – I want to be able to compete because I want to compete, not because I'm desperate for the money. Sure. You know? And so like I compete out of choice. And I – you know, and like I said, I'm I'm a trainer and so I make my money like teaching other people. And like – and that's something that I can sort of like – you know, like – I have more control over the outcome there. I, you know, I'm not, like, worried. Like, oh, God, if I don't, like, you know, if I don't get this performance bonus, like, I won't be able to, you know, feed myself this month. You know, even even top-level uh, UFC athletes, Jess Andrade just reported that she has to sell her gear to make ends meet sometimes. Yikes. You know, like, that she has, like, she'll, like, bake and sell yeah goods, yeah yeah you know and so that's that's what it's like at the pro fighting level like and, and it I, used
0: to be a lot even worse yeah
1: yeah yeah and this is like yeah exactly and so that's not something that I'm looking to you know I'm like I, I think if I I think if I were to commit to it at a pro level I wouldn't be able to have this well rounded life that I have mm-hmm. you know again I love my work at the machete and I, I don't want to give it up for anything and I don't think I could compete. At that high of a level and also still, you know, manage my Bolshevik variety pageant. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to have both of those worlds. And so I like the fact that I have the balance. And, and again, it is my life, but it is, it's a choice, you know, it's not an obligation. And I want to always, always have it so that it is like I walk into the gym because I'm happy to be there because right, I Right. Not because to be you have to be exactly, there. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I
0: got that way and I get that. And I, so, I mean, I did a lot of martial arts as a kid mm-hmm. and everything. So I was always, whatever. I mean, i I have a, a, a very big affinity for that, um, But I understand what that is where you go, this is something I'm good at and I enjoy doing. And then once it becomes your career, it's no longer fun. Like poetry, I wrote poetry, read it in bars when I wasn't managing bars, right? And very quickly, within a couple of years, I was doing it where people were like, hey, I'll give you 50 bucks to come do it at my show or whatever it was. And then I was doing it professionally on the road and was Mm -hmm. touring and that sort of stuff. Um, And then you you get to a place where as an artist or as a doing anything you love, you have to take every gig. So i be at insert whatever name high school just you know and not that i don't like i still occasionally do high schools i'm not anti i'm not against that but there were so many gigs i have to do and so many times you have to do things just because if i don't do this i'm not going to eat this month yeah or whatever it is and it takes all the fun out of it so when i kind when when some blow-ups happened in my life and i was no longer able to and a lot of the avenues for me to make money in poetry went Mm -hmm. away um and i i kind of let those go and i don't Miss them, to yeah. be really honest with you. Yeah. Like, I really don't miss doing poetry on that level yeah. at all. I still like it as an yeah. art form, of course, but I don't. I don't miss not going to the slams and all that kind of... Like, I just (laughs) don't. I just don't. It it becomes
1: a grind. And, like, you know, I remember having a conversation with um, Lisa Beasley, who does the Machete. Mm -hmm. She also performs a Um, three-peat. She just um, organized WakanaCon. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. She's wonderful. And, like, we had this wonderful conversation about how, you know, like, uh, she she said, you know, like... uh, she likes taking opportunities sometimes where you're not getting paid for your art. Yeah. Because then there's no obligation to do anything in particular. Yeah. You know, you don't have to kowtow to your whoever's, whoever's holding the purse strings and like tailor your art so that it makes them happy. You know, you get to do whatever you want. And mm-hmm. like, what if they, so the producers don't like it? Whatever. They don't like, you know, they're not holding the keys to your ability to eat. That's why I do this show. Exactly. Because I
0: get a couple offers like, you should write for my journal, you should mm-hmm. write for my blog. Mm-hmm. And not good money, but like money, yeah. Yeah. some money. Yeah, uh, and I got those offers and then right around that time I started doing this show yeah. and what I realized was I can do as long as I don't curse or like support <laughs> the, or support the Nazi party I can do whatever I want on this mic right so this is a way better yeah. outlet for yes, me yes. and then I it, I get I make all b- pretty much nothing doing this yeah, show but yeah. I know that for a couple hours a week it first of all it forces me to write new material yes. it forces me to do everything yeah. I also get to hang out with my friends and, and yeah. BS and you know all that kind of stuff yeah. is, is awesome but um it's, it really is nice just knowing like no one can tell me what I can and can't do. Yeah,
1: no, I control this entirely. This is my experience to do with what I want as I please, you know? And that's, again, that's exactly how I want to keep like kickboxing for me is like, it's my, it's my workout. It's also like my mental health, you know, like it's also like my emotional well being. And again, I don't want to, I don't want to tie it to capital in that way. Like Mm -hmm. capital makes you miserable. Like it just makes you so unhappy. And so I want it to always be a joyful experience, you know? And like, and this is something that I learned through, competing, you know, I compete best when I'm like happy, when I'm like in a joyful mood. Like when I'm walking into the ring and I'm feeling good and I'm feeling like almost giddy, that's when I perform my best. If I'm trying to like hype myself up and like get angry, you know, like I perform terribly. Like Mm -hmm. I just don't work well in that headspace. And so I want to keep it so that like training for me is a joyful experience. So fighting for me will remain a joyful experience and the whole thing will stay like just a passion project, you know? Mm -hmm. And I and again I do I do get a way to like monetize it through training people, but again, it's in a way that I control, you know, like as a personal trainer, I set my hours, I set my rates, you know, and I do try to do both of those things with an eye to, cause I, I only accept female and trans clients. Um, and I, Make I try to keep my rates low in recognition of the fact that both of those demographics of people uh, tend to earn less than male counterparts. Um, sure. And so I – As if
0: there were metrics to support ah, that.
1: Um, and so, you know, like I try to – you know, I try to tailor – I try to tailor their experience with me in the gym and uh, – not only in cost, but also in like actual training, like I try to hold space for like if you're having you know if you're, if you 're working through a personal issue or if you 're working through like uh, like body dysmorphia, something that comes up a lot for me of course, you know yeah. um, and so if you 're working through that, I try to hold space for those things too, and so I get to again like this is you know it is it is tied to capital then but it's in a way that i'm much more in control of nobody nobody else is like setting my rates for me nobody else is telling me how to run my sessions Mm -hmm. you know nobody else is like dictating to me how that i like that i can't have these conversations that i can't like you know talk to my clients about you know like uh, one of the conversations we were having the other day was about like toxic masculinity and like nobody's sitting there being like well you can't talk about that in the gym right you know and for for me and i think for my clients too having a, a space that includes that, like a gym space that includes that sort of thing that I to you know, like in, like a sort of intersectional pre- uh, feminist praxis um, is really helpful and it's brought a lot of people into the gym space that wouldn't have otherwise stepped foot in there and I think it's been really beneficial.
0: And you didn't even have to give them pink gloves. No,
1: no. No, we <laughs> use black gloves. As <laughs> that, well you should. Like what?
0: Why pink? All right. No, Nothing I don't wrong know. with the color I pink but know. like why do you have to wear the pink gloves? It
1: just, it frustrates me because a lot and like, and there's there's more uh, like women's combat sports gear companies cropping up like the gloves that i own and use and really enjoy uh are from a company called society nine and they did design the gloves with like women in mind but basically like they're they're designed for smaller hands sure and thank god that they didn't like pinkify everything right like all their designs are like sleek they're like black and gold they're uh like the the, the most femme color they have going on is like a cranberry okay and yeah. like an ice blue sure um but like other, everything else is very like it's it's the point of the gear is that it Functions, not that it looks cute, and there's and really like there's nothing wrong with like wanting to look cute as you fight, like it's part of the game, you know. Yeah, of course. The flash and trash, it's it's part of it for some people, and I and I don't want to detract from that. Like it's it's. Part of your preparation, like a lot of, you know, some of my teammates, like for them, it's really important to be able to like put on the trappings of a TIE fighter, you know, like wear the fancy shorts and like put on the headband and have the flashy gloves and all of that. For me, that's not the case, though. You know, Mm -hmm. for me, I just want my fighting to be what makes the statement. That's cool. You know, and so...
0: I had no idea that we'd spend the first chunk of this interview (laughs) talking about fighting. I knew I was going to mention it, um, but uh, it's great. It's also, you're the only person I've ever met who talks faster than I do. Mm, Uh, It's because I'm from Jersey. Is that what it is? Mm -hmm. I was born in Jersey. Mm -hmm. It's just, yeah. So, that was I don't know. It was a side point. Um, The thing I was saying is, the (laughs) thing I was saying is, this is great radio right here.
1: Uh, (laughs) Just keep... (laughs) Keep going, those fillers. I miss you. Uh,
0: How about uh, what I really want to talk about the or the thing I think is most interesting to the concept of this particular Mm -hmm. show, right? And not that I, I'll I'll sit here and talk MMA all day, but for this show it's a it's a it's a rock... Cyborg fight coming yeah, up it's... oh my god oh. I know um, I,
1: I'm just like I'm so hard Amanda Nunes and Cyborg are both like I like I have such a soft spot for Cyborg I think she's really misunderstood and Amanda Nunes is just amazing and so mm-hmm. like this is tearing me apart
0: it's gonna be fun though it's gonna be great it's gonna be cool <laughs> uh, look that up for this other large capital corporation called the UFC <laughs> uh, where, <laughs> no but uh, the, because the show is so uh, comedian and rock and roll mm-hmm, centric mm-hmm. right you're uh, uh, the production manager yes. for the Paper Machete yes. and you're also a co-producer yes. you do most of the music Booking, Do for, all of the music right? booking all the yeah, music i booking. have taken
1: over yeah so originally so uh, pyatt uh, who is the host of the paper machete and up until this point the sole curator of the show um gave gave me reins for the saturday show music booking like a few months ago less mm-hmm. than a year ago more than six months i don't remember exactly um uh, but he basically like in acknowledgement of the fact that like uh, uh, it's a it, booking a new show every week is yeah. exhausting. It, it really is. It's hard, and there are just so many x factors that you really can't account for, like people dropping. out. You, you know, of course, like people dropping out last minute. People being like, oh no, like my friend is in the hospital. Oops, like gotta go. Mm-hmm. Um, or like you know, just like uh, for because our show is also tied to the week in headlines. Like sometimes something yeah. Will, let's actually. I'm yeah. sorry to cut you off,
0: but let's let's just slow it down so everyone yeah, understands absolutely. what we're talking about what first. Right, right, right. Is. We get. I talk, I reference it so much that I forget that not everybody <laughs> listens every damn week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Paper Machete is a, is a weekly news magazine show. Mm-hmm. It's a live magazine mm-hmm. with, uh, mostly comedians and mm-hmm. people of that ilk, not yes. all stand ups, but yeah. people that work in comedy mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, kind of talking and doing pieces, doing character work, yes. doing all that sort of stuff, uh, illuminating the big news stories yes. of the week in its, uh, three o'clock afternoon, uh, Show at the Green Mill, so it's day now, day also, drinking and
1: Wednesdays at six thirty p.m. You're so on top of ah. it, uh, and also
0: Wednesday six thirty p.m., which is the is it the cabaret Co- cocktail, cocktail hour. hour, cocktail hour, Michelle cocktail, Co- cocktail hour. Uh, it's great, like it's it, it's smart entertainment, it's quality entertainment, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's day drinking in the best bar in Chicago, <laughs> and um, it's it's fun and free mm-hmm. and an absolute Always phenomenon. Exciting. Like I started doing the show back when it was at Ricochet, the original spot. Oh my goodness, uh, is where I first did it, and I had never heard of it. I just mm-hmm. got a phone call at like ten o'clock in the morning <laughs> and uh it. and i it's like uh, i didn't know of the show but my mm-hmm. friend my friend uh my friend john called me he's like hey have you ever heard of the paint machete i'm like i guess Ooh. it's like is it it's it's at this bar called ricochet i'm like that that i know that bar for a very different reason um and he goes uh, uh well anyway they need someone to write something do you know anything about sports i'm like bro i'm the sport yes <laughs> i'm i'm both a, i'm both a total drama queer and I love sports, yeah. uh, so I was like, "Yeah, let's do it." And so I wrote a thing, and not knowing it was a comedy show, I just wrote this like piece about the Chicago Bears and mm-hmm. the history and family mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were like, "Oh." That wasn't funny. Like, <laughs> I was, I didn't know it was a comedy mm-hmm, show. I would have just done comedy, mm-hmm, but instead mm-hmm. I did this poetic, whatever it was. But it's a, such a cool show, and, and the variety's there, um, but it has grown because the show is so good, is where I'm going with my rambling, mm-hmm. uh, because the show is so good, and because it's free and accessible, and at mm-hmm. three o'clock in the afternoon yeah. on a Saturday, the only people that have a hard time with that time slot are, like, me, you know, people that work in bars or theaters. Yeah. Um, but because it's it's done so well, it's grown all the way, and it's like one of the most popular shows at the machete, if not the most popular show or at or at the Green Mill, mm-hmm. if not the most popular show at the green mill mm-hmm. um it's dope and it so how did you end up working that show
1: uh before so many moons ago like six or seven years ago, um I was living in Uptown, and mm-hmm. i um uh, like, I was trying to, like, get more involved in my community, essentially. Like, I, I wanted to uh, – I wasn't really connected to the neighborhood, and I kind of wanted to see what else was out there. And I was, like, super into podcasts at the time. And I – this was back when the Machete was podcasting through WBEZ. That's so, right. There was that, yes, that window there. Was, like, there. yeah. was a period of time yeah. where the Machete was, like, affiliated with BEZ. And so I found the Machete podcast through BEZ. I – went because I was like okay free show it's walking distance from my apartment um, well, let's go check it out and I remember getting there and I'm sure that many people have had this experience the first time they have walked into the machete got there was stunned that the place was packed at a 3pm Yeah, and got a seat way in the back and the thing that I remember about the sh- that show that day Pete Lee was the stand up comedian on that day mm-hmm. and he had this joke about uh, how his at the time wife was making him go exercise with her and he was super intimidated by the woman who ran the exercise class uh-huh. because, quote my or her dumbbells or her kettlebells were 30 pounds and my kettlebells were purple um, <laughs> and like it was so charming and like the show itself was so am- amazing and incredible and like the stand up was wonderful and I was like just transfixed I think again like that's this is a yeah. experience a lot of people have when they're yeah. like what is this right. Like, because it's so weird and unusual like people who tour and like our uh, friends from out of town and out of state they say like in New York there's nothing like it in LA there's nothing like it there's yeah. nothing really like exactly like the paper machete anywhere sure. else so I was like fascinated by the show and i was in love with it and it was like totally right up my alley politically and like again i was working in theater at the time so like the theatrical element of it was there for me and like again who doesn't love day drinking at the green mill Mm -hmm. um and so i started coming every single week you know it was like it was a coffee date with uh one of my girlfriends we would grab coffee at a time go to the mill watch the machete then hang out that saturday Every week. And so by being there every week, Chris Pyatt, the host of the show, just noticed me. Um, And this is actually the first conversation that Pyatt and I ever had. And it is also why the machete is still free. I was uh, smoking a cigarette outside and Pyatt comes up to me. He goes, hi. Like, I see you here every single week. Every week you're here. I have a question for you as an audience member. How would you feel if we started asking for a $5 suggested donation at the door? And I said to Pyatt, um... I understand why you'd want to do that. And I want you to know that because we do a bucket pass. Yeah. You know, we're a free show, but we do do a bucket pass every show to see if anyone wants to donate. Yeah. Um, and and
0: all, most people do. Mm-hmm. The vast majority. Oh, yeah.
1: I yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. People are generally pretty good about yeah. it. Um. And uh, and I was like, "Uh, so, you know, I just want you to know that I always put in money to the bucket. But I said to him, I was like, I'm a freelancer in theater and most of the time I have money to put in the bucket, but sometimes I don't. Yeah. And I like that it's a choice and I like that nobody's pressuring me to do it. And I like that nobody's at the door kind of giving me that subtle push to do it. I, I like that I can come freely no matter what state I'm in financially and always know that I have this here. And Pyatt thanked me for my for my input, yep. and the show remains free to this yep. day. But um. also,
0: if you charge at the door, if you're charging a cover, you've then you the impetus is now mm. put on the performers yes. to get paid. Yes, right. And there are a lot of performers on the show. There yes. are a lot of hands in, and most people do it because it's a fun show. Yes. You can do that show and do whatever you're doing yes. on Saturday night. Um, and it's I mean it's still work. Like mm. it still requires time to sit down yes. and write the piece, to rehearse, to lug equipment, yeah. whatever that might yeah. be. But most people are really cool with. You know i'll take a couple of free drinks and yeah. and it's a fun afternoon yeah. and it's it's a it's a good bill to have your name on yeah, right yeah. Um, so most people are willing to do that but if i was if i, I i've done the show dozens of times yeah. but if if you were charging money at the mm-hmm. door i'd start feeling like where 's my cut
1: absolutely well no, and that's something that's we're certainly concerned with at this we we're, we're, const- we're we've been trying for a while to figure out a way to create a revenue stream so we can start paying performers and also not charge right like it that obviously is a very difficult of course. business model to try to work out so we're we're continuing to try to do that, but that, you know like for for us it, it seemed really important to Make sure that people had unfettered access to high quality cultural criticism and good art, yes, you know like that that's an important part of the machete mission statement. you know we are a nonprofit too, like we want to make sure that people always have the ability again, so just come no matter what, because you know like Pai and I talk about I mean, both of us come from theater backgrounds, and one of the things that we were so frustrated with in the theater world is just how exclusive it was and how the pay-to-play model really throttles talent and it throttles audiences
0: and the pay-to-play model just for quick clarification Mm -hmm. is like if you work in if you want to be on a team it's a io or um Second city, whatever mm-hmm. it is, and you want to play there, mm-hmm. you've got to pay for classes. Because mm-hmm. they, they cast out of classes mm-hmm. or whatever that is. Ah, I lose my headphones. You have to pay to be there. Sometimes you have to pay for stage time. Sometimes you have to do that. And of course, you're most people are like, I'm willing to make that trade because I love doing it, yeah. or because I'm in making it. I'm thinking of it as an investment yes. in my comedy career yes. or whatever it is. But it does cost money yeah. to be there. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Go No, ahead.
1: and and certainly like we we didn't want. Um, we, again, we didn't like to go back to the earlier comments. We didn't want to affix capital to the art, right? Sure. We didn't want to. Um, you know. No, and and again like uh, the like i remember i remember i was working at uh, like this was like in my theater hustling days i was i was working two shows for two different theater companies concurrently in the same building one of the other theater one of the one of the theater companies was renting space from the other theater company. And I happened to be working for both companies at the same time because, like in theater, it's feast or famine. So you either work three jobs or you work zero. Yep. So when the three jobs come up, you got to take all the jobs. Yep. And uh, so I was doing all the jobs. And I, and this was like, a, this was again, like, this is a pivotal moment for me, uh, like, being like, I can't do this anymore. Um, I was working on these two shows. One was like this big blowout musical, which, like, is kind of just generally the butt of a lot of jokes in the theater community. Which musical Brick-a-dune? was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was *Burgundy*. So I was doing that. People
0: like it's it. It's fun. It's, it's fine. fun, but it's
1: not exactly like
0: it. Do- it doesn't really get you. It doesn't yeah, really. Uh, it doesn't. Yeah, it not, doesn't make your nipples you know, hard. It's, it's not, not really. It's not yeah.
1: *West Side Story* or *South Pacific*. You know, it's like There's yeah. no like. There's no like value beyond entertainment to that show. Right. You know, like it's it's a love story, and that's great and important, and, and those stories need to be told. But like, haven't we like told? that particular love story like to death
0: we like, just had this conversation last gage wallace and i did mm-hmm. it was like why are we doing de- why are we still doing yes. arsenic and old lace yeah, and yeah. make it and have it suck yeah like, what's the point what's like, the point like yeah. why
1: why are we just like beating Macbeth to death like mm-hmm. it's, just, it's
0: just i said the same thing it's just, right. like it, it, yes
1: yeah no like it, <laughs> there's no point uh anyway so i was yes. just doing that and i was also doing another show that was just like just so expensive like we just it was a money pit of a show and we mm-hmm. were just burning cash on it left and right And it was, and the whole thing, like both of the shows, both of the shows were money pits. Like both of the shows were very expensive and like working on them and just seeing how the cash was being used and seeing like how much was being wasted was starting to really trouble me. Yeah. And this was around the time that Mike Brown was killed. And so I left the theater one afternoon. I went to Daily Plaza where there was going to be a moment of silence and I listened to a bunch of black women black mothers talk about their fears for their sons and it was a a a a shift for me it was a moment where i was like oh shit you know this is this is like this is real like you know this is terrible and and these people need more resources and these communities need to stop you know like it like it, it just it was a a political turning point for me and i had left my stuff in the theater and so i was walking back to the theater and uh at that very moment, both of the shows hit intermission, and the crowds came flooding out. And so I was walking against this stream wow. of affluent white people right. wearing pearls sure. and like diamond rings, and giddy, drunk on champagne from like the the, the couple of glasses they had had before the show at Paterino's, and like, no, 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 no. and like, like I just was like, I'm making art for the wrong people like, or you're at least making art for yeah. people that you
0: don't feel represent I don't, you
1: not at all like i don't i don't relate. Really, you know like i don't relate to anyone that's walking out of these doors right now like and i you know i wanted to make art that people like me could afford yeah and people like me could access and you know the machete does that you yeah. know like, again we we keep our like that's why we don't require an admission you know like the, it allows for anybody and everybody to come and check it out yeah and some of the performance you know like sometimes like our performer our performer base is very like we're very lucky where we have like a a very large Rolodex of people that we can call on that are just incredible and amazing Sure. and sometimes like we manage to book people that you would have to pay like substantial sums of money to go see Yeah. for instance Nick Offerman has done the show Yeah. and so like
0: I was I've done the show when uh, when Janine Garofalo did the show Janine Garofalo does the show you
1: know like and and normally you have to like shell out quite a chunk of change to go check those people out but we'll 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 see on the rare occasion we do get to book them for free, you know, and and that and that extends too because we do try to keep a variety and like we occasionally will book in like an opera singer, Mm -hmm. you know, and like to go get tickets to the Lyric is just astronomical but like you can come to the Green Mill and sometimes see, uh, you know, a a world-renowned mezzo-soprano for free.
0: Or you'll get the people that are doing Zanies or whatever that weekend that are just like, well, I'm doing nothing, because if you're you're a comedian, you have nothing to do most of the time, especially Mm -hmm. on the Saturday when you did the show last night, Mm -hmm. you're like, well, I guess I'm just going to eat Italian beefs all day. <laughs> like, what else is there to do in Chicago in the afternoon? Yeah. So on a Saturday, like, you get people that at Zanies and, and I'm not trying to dog comedy clubs. I, I, I'm not a big fan of them, but I'm not personally taking mm-hmm. a shot at them. Um, it's, but you go and you've got to pay the, you got to pay the admission a lot mm-hmm. of times plus a minimum plus mm-hmm. or whatever. And mm-hmm. you're tipping and mm-hmm. you got to be there mm-hmm. and you're sitting mm-hmm. and it's a lot of things. And to go, Oh, this person I was going to go pay money to see mm-hmm. literally, I was yeah. going to pay money to go to yeah. Zanies to see this person. I'll just catch him do 15. <laughs> <laughs> I'll catch him do 15 at the at the, at the the machete yeah. and I'll feel just as good about yeah,
1: myself yeah yeah and it's gonna be like bookended with lots of other like with a huge again like a huge yeah. variety of other people as well yeah. I mean like and, and it's just it's 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 cool how generous people are with their time and like and for you know especially for stand-ups like the, the uh, again like not affixing the capital to the art mm-hmm. when they come into like our little show they're like hey I'm gonna do this weird thing that I've never tried before so buckle up guys like yeah. I can't do this in front of a paid audience yeah. but I can do it in front and of and a lot people. of them
0: really love the challenge like yeah. Shane Torres is like please Give me an assignment yeah, and, he just, yeah. and of course he crushed it yeah. you know, And you get all these it, It's such a fun show I discovered so many musicians there mm-hmm. And I want to get into this yeah, A little yeah, bit yeah. Um, I've discovered A bunch of the people That have been on this show Or that I play on this show Are people that I saw At the Machete For the first mm-hmm. time Or people I saw Play the Machete Years mm-hmm. ago like Mike Mamoni for example, yeah. who I just played, whose new video is—have so, so have you good. seen it? No, oh. I haven't seen the video yet. Uh, I know um, he's
1: releasing his solo EP soon. So. Just came
0: out. <gasps> Yay! just came out. I think uh, this week. He's going to
1: be—he's going to be playing the Machete in November. I think it's like the—it's the third week of November, and y'all should come check it out because it's going to be his birthday show too. Hey, hey. So Mike Mamone's yeah. birthday show, third Saturday in November. Come check it out.
0: And he was a guy that I'd never heard of, and he mm-hmm. did the thing with Mutz, and then he kind of has continued—not yeah. that he was never not good, but like he yeah. just has continued to grow and gain fame. And mm-hmm. you know, we became friends. He just did this show a couple. weeks weeks yeah. ago like he's it's just the machete is just such a, a this really great ground yeah. for people that are interesting yeah. and and excellent well, and performers a lot of people,
1: like again a lot of people use it as a as a way to develop i mean like like i um, Megan Steelstra, um who yeah. is a wonderful writer, award-winning writer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I
0: met her at the Machete. Yeah, met we, her the did, the Machete. Same, we yes. did the same. We did the same show. Yes, yeah.
1: and she, you know, pulled me aside at one point in time, being like, she was, she was like, I, I really am thankful for this show because I, it helped me to develop my writing voice. You know, Absolutely. which floored me because she's so good and so successful and so like incredible. It just, I was like, oh, and like our little like. Uh, this was useful to you know mm-hmm. like it just it, it 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 was so flattering and yeah. like and I was so f- just like filled with gratitude that she shared that with me you know just because it was it was it was cool to hear that somebody like it, like that that it does you know that it gives back in that way you know sure. like that it, it allows people to develop their you know uh, Chris Red who just wanted Chris enemy, Red. like right. said to me he goes you know I learned how to uh, tell smart jokes in this room right. And I and and that floored me Mm -hmm. because when he told me this, this was like pre Emmy, but post SNL. And so like that this person who is on your television box every Saturday night, like was like, yeah, no, it was in this room that I learned how to how to create smart humor. And it was for the show. It just it just floored me, yeah. and I was again just like so grateful that he shared that with me, and so like flattered, and and it was it was really cool to hear. You know, we're gonna
0: talk about rock and roll in just a second, mm-hmm. but i I've been ta- I've been trying to rectify this uh, mm-hmm. in in private conversations with artists I know about like how to. I don't know exactly how to feel when people like Chris Redd, mm-hmm. um, who, you know, w- us, you and I and other people, knew when he was, of course, talented, yeah. but like no one knew who Chris Redd. You know, a lot yeah. of it, he, he was just a comedian working in town, right? He yeah. wasn't a big deal. And then you watch how many people out of Chicago that I've interacted with, you've yeah. interacted with, yeah. that are just around that blow up. And yeah. then there's that feeling of like, I'm so happy for you, and I feel so insanely jealous. I'm oh, trying I- to deal <laughs> with it. I don't, like, I, do, I feel like such a jerk no, doing I'm,
1: it. See, as I'm a producer, I just feel like, I feel so just, oh, yay, they made right, it. You know, like, right. because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not on the, ar- the artistic side of the grind. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm on the production side. And so for me, it just is like, it just fills me with such joy to see it, like, when our, when our babies make it, you know, like, yeah. and, and as a, you know, as a Chicagoan, as a person who like, chose the city over, like, every other city in America. Like, you know, I, it just makes me uh, so excited when I see like, a Chicagoan blow up that way. Mm-hmm. Because I know that like, like, this city helped foster their talent and also, like, my show helped foster their talent and, like, you know, in some small way, like... Something that I did along the way, you know, helped them to achieve the success that they're seeing. No doubt. Um, and you know, again, because like I don't, I don't feel that any of these, you know, I'm not in competition with anybody. Like I'm not in, you know, like I'm again, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm the one making sure you get to stage on time. I'm not the one who's like, you know, trying to produce the content. Um, and,
0: and do you get the kick out of discovering things? Like when oh, when you, when you discover, Tell something about oh, that. Oh my
1: god! I, like it's, it's, it's well, and you know, because so I do the music booking for the Machete, and just uh, really quickly too to go back to the to put a button on this, you asked me how I got involved in the Machete. Oh. So we've gone that far. We've gone that (laughs) far. We've wandered all the way around the block. (laughs) Just to put a button on that. So so I I became friendly with Chris after that conversation and – and he, the the stage manager who was working on the show before I was was going to be gone. Um, and Pyatt called me up and was like, hey, listen, uh, we need a sub stage manager. And like, would you just, just come and do it for the Saturday? And I was like, right. oh, yeah, yeah, sure. No problem. And he was like, cool, cool, cool. So the show that you're going to be doing is going to have Janine Garofalo in it. So I hope you're prepared. Was Baptism that the, by fire. Was and that the goodbye. Sam Irby show? Um, it was. <laughs> when, when the,
0: they took all the tables out. It
1: uh-huh. was. It was. It was a, it was a bananas because it was. Oh my god! It was so. It was
0: so packed in there.
1: You know? No, it, I don't think it was the Sam. I think Sam. You Bruce know was the one I'm the talking about. There was the one show.
0: where like the show where the tables were out and it was Bailiff.
1: Yeah, it was. Rest in
0: peace. It was yeah. Bailiff oh, man, and I them. Miss them so oh, much. They were so it good. Was so good. Uh, Bailiff and. Sam Irby Mm -hmm. Janine Garofalo Mm -hmm. it was like a huge show there was a line around uh, the block I got in the side door because I worked because I was doing the Sunday show so I worked there so I had privilege so I brought a couple friends with me Mm -hmm. who were doing my little poetry or a different poetry show I was producing and I was like hey
1: come on
0: you (laughs) want to go see Janine Garofalo and they're like what
1: (laughs) no I think that 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 was the second time because Janine Garofalo has done the show three times Okay. Um, and that was the second Gene Garofalo show. The first Gene Garofalo show, I think, was the was the first was the show one that you I ever stage yeah. managed. And so that's how I got involved with it. And and because I I did so well with that zoo, uh, I got the job kind of permanently, you know. And and so that's how I got involved in the Machete. Was I was like a fan girl until, you know, it, the right place at the right time, and I just happened to be, like, the person with, like, enough of a cool head to, yeah. like, deal with that situation, yeah. and uh, it sort of grew from there, and so to go to go to your, uh, so so I started, and I was just a stage manager for the longest time, you know, and I've been, again, been with the show for a long time, five, six years, something like that, mm-hmm. and, you know, for just just a stage manager for a long time, and then slowly uh, at the host of the show, started giving me, like, more responsibility and more creative control in the show, until this year, when he let me take over on the music bookings right on and so like my greatest joy in life right now is like you know like finding somebody finding somebody and being like super excited about it super excited to bring it to the green mill audience and cool. just knowing that they're gonna like blow their mind yeah, yeah, and like yeah, yeah. and just being like oh i can't wait to see their reactions like it's like a oh time when
0: you have a great gift in yes, a box yes, and you're yes, giving and it, it to like, a kid and you're like you're them. gonna lose your
1: mind. oh my god
0: <laughs> so uh you picked a record um what is this one?
1: Uh, so that's uh, the, the cell phones. Are they local? They are local. Indeed. Um, Imagine wonderful. that on I this know, show. I know. <laughs> uh, they're local. Uh, so, so the cell phones are, you know, like, stage managers aren't supposed to have favorites, but the cell phones of are, like, course. one of my favies. Uh Lindsay Charles, the front woman, is just so, so, so rad. And uh, their their music is, is just fun. It's fast-paced. It's rock and roll. It, like... It, it just it's 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 such good amp you up music and in fact to tie this all back <coughs> around the fighting too like for a little while so I've tried to book shows locally and there's always the uh, the need to find like a walkout song right uh, unfortunately the show that I was going to be on fell through for me but um, uh, a cell phone song was going to be my walkout song right. so yeah they're just it's, it's it's good it's good good fun too well, well let's do yeah. it let's
0: hear it uh, this is uh, this is the cell phones you make me say no. Cell phones, you make me say no right here on Q4 Radio. QUe4.org. Shots. The drinking game is take a shot of every. I spell. I spell things all the time (laughs) because I. I just can't. Rem- I, it helps me remember things, mm-hmm. so I spell things all the time. So, uh, I'm, whatever it is, uh, yeah. que 4 <laughs> great radio, ninety eight point three, uh, here in the Chicagoland area. Q4 all. Q4 org. Que four Shots uh, around the world, uh, doing the thing every single Monday from twelve PM to two PM. Sit with Leah Munsey, who is the uh, co producer and uh, production. Director, production coordinator, production manager. Production manager. Mm-hmm. See none wrong. of the above. None <laughs> of the above. Uh, production manager for the great, great paper machete every Saturday at, at uh, three at three PM at the Green Mill, and then also the paper machete cocktail hour mm-hmm. at uh, is it six or six thirty? Six thirty. Six thirty. Also at the Green Mill, and that's every single Wednesday. It's the uh, it's the uh, the the kind of the kinder kinder gentler version. Yeah. It is the uh, it's the classier. <laughs> it's the
1: midweek break. It's the
0: mid <laughs> it's the midweek break, uh, but still a great show. So you picked uh, you picked that record. Were you always a rock and roll fan or ah uh,
1: yeah. I mean, like when I was a uh, when I was a young thing, when I was uh, like establishing my identity in high school. Like, so I you're was, from like, Jersey. So, I, so I was born there. I grew up mostly in Massachusetts. Um, I gotcha. went to boarding school, which definitely shaped my character. Bless you. Um, it was a choice, you know. It was a it was uh, it was a great option for me because I was a pretty autonomous young thing, and um, you know, like my family life was like not unlike many American children at the time. It was like kind of weird. My parents were divorced. Like, my dad lived in Jersey. My mom lived in Massachusetts. It was a little unstable and boarding school. Kind Kind of gave me like the structure and stability that I needed mm-hmm. and the level of independence that. Uh, I craved, and they also like gave me an. Um, I, I went to Concord Academy. They have a really good financial program, or at least they did when I went there. And uh, so they, you know, basically paid my way for all four years, not just in terms of schooling, but also like room and board, which took a lot of stress off my parents mm-hmm. um, because they basically had one kid squared away for yeah. the year. Um, and so like, of course, you know, when you're a young thing like trying to establish your identity, I was like very much into like Velvet Underground and like you know. I just started liking the Velvet Underground. I I thought they were never liked him I was
0: always like I don't yeah. like Lou Reed I think yeah. he's pretentious he can't sing I mean, and I was so anti-Lou <laughs> Reed for a really long time yeah. but just lately I've been like all I, I right that record's it. good I I'm gonna get admit, it yeah. I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> And it was never yeah. that I doubted their cultural yeah. significance. That was never the question. Mm-hmm. It was never, people were like, they're amazing. I'm like, look, I get why yeah. they're important, but I personally am not yeah. into it. It's and cool. just lately I've been kind of going, yeah. eh, maybe I'm it's, into it's it. okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, 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 it's solid music. And again, I, I kind of like loved. I like loved it deeply when I was in high school, fell out of like became like a big pop music fan when I was out of college. Cause I basically was like so done. Did you
0: say pop music? POP? Pot. POP. Yeah. shots. Like, uh, no, I think you meant, <laughs> I just said pot, pot music. Pop, pop. Like you listen to, uh, like string fish? cheese and yeah, yeah no. <laughs> I was like really pop music no, that's a good way of putting it no. yeah. Well, yeah
1: I mean that's a good yeah um, no I got like super into pop when I was in college because I just sort of was like done being like pretentious about my musical taste and uh, actually uh, do you know do you know Girl Talk
0: Oh, I know, Girl Talk. Oh,
1: good. Uh, he's actually uh, an alum of my university. Oh, you well, don't say, Case Western. Yeah, we both are Case Western alums. Uh, and uh, and he Girl Talk basically
0: invented the mashup.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it was there before, but he just like, like really brought it. Yeah, yeah, right, 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 like, right. Uh, yeah. No, and he he was cool too because he was like, do you, I? I we didn't overlap in terms of our time there, but we had like. You know, I was like one degree of separation removed from him in places, and uh, I remember reading an interview with him at one point in time, being like, he did, he was the same way. And in, in high school, he was all like, you know, like like serious rock and roll music, and then yep. like one day in college, like he listened to a pop song and decided to like drop the pretensions, and then became girl talk. Uh, I think
0: that's the true mark of an actual music fan. Yeah, is when you can enjoy pop music and not apologize yeah. for it. When you can go, yes, I have a good record collection, mm-hmm. but also. Uh, Ashley Simpson has one good song, yeah, you know, like that one. That I one. like.
1: I just I love Kesha, like mm-hmm. unapologetically sure. I love Kesha, yeah. and uh, you know, and like so that was sort of uh, where I was at in in the like at that time, you know, like enjoying enjoying a lot of pop tunes, um, and just coming you know coming back again into adulthood, it's sort of uh, like I'm I, again I'm reapproaching bands mm-hmm. like the Velvet Underground and reapproaching bands like or like you know Bob Dylan I used to listen to a lot when I was of course a kid because yeah duh um, <laughs> and reapproaching that. And being like Okay like I'm I'm ready to come at This in a different headspace I'm ready to come at Like Joni Mitchell In a different headspace And like as an older person As as an older woman How does this music Hit me now Um, And and what
0: you value In music I think Changes a lot Like there was a time In my life where I'm like I only want to hear Great musicians Playing great stuff And now I I still love that of course Mm -hmm. But now I'm like I'm not mad at like three cords no. three cords and chugging yeah. a PBR like I'm also yeah. not mad at that anymore yeah. either it's I'm kind of enjoying party. that
1: I, kinda, I compare it to like uh, diner coffee right like there I love you know what I mean like I <laughs> oh, love oh we're gonna fight I, no, it's, no I'm kidding you know like you get the, you, I like I like I just before I was here I was at CC Ferns enjoying a very like beautifully composed latte and the coffee was amazing and the 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 nut milks that they use over there are spectacular and it's just nut you milk. know not, I know it's
0: such a <laughs> gross phrase it really is not as bad as uh,
1: so they they have the pea protein milk now. Yeah, pea protein sounds yeah, gross pea too. Pea protein yeah. milk. Pea protein Peep, milk. Ew. Just just real double you know, down. Pea on milk. It. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so like enjoying like the the really like beautifully crafted coffees. Yeah. But like when you want diner coffee, you want diner coffee. Sometimes you want to have six of them. Yeah. Like when you want to have like exactly when you want to sit and like really have a conversation with someone, you need diner coffee and it needs to be endless. Or like when I'm again going back to like you know, like like in boarding school, I had this other like on financial aid friend and one of the one of the things that she and i used to do together like when we had like 2 dollar bills to rub together uh if if one of us was upset we would take the other one to dunkin donuts mm-hmm. get them the largest iced coffee that our 2 dollars could buy yep. and then go walk to the park near to near, near the campus and talk it out. And like to this day, if I am ever upset or sad or yeah. like just like need a friend, like I'll go get a large Dunkin' Donuts coffee and sit in a park because it makes me feel better. And sure. like, you know, sometimes I want that like beautifully crafted latte. And sometimes I want like the big gulp Dunkin' Donuts. And like yeah. I feel the same way about music where it's like sometimes I want like that very well crafted song. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I just want to like hear speed metal, like yeah. and, just and enjoy that. So metal. Speed metal, yeah, really. Eh, sometimes, every once in a while, like that's
0: uh, one of the few genres that I never got to. Like you know, I love, I used to I, love Rage I, Against the Machine yeah, and that like, sort of like thing on the metal side, but like yeah. a metal, metal never really it, did it, it for me. It
1: doesn't. I can't like sit down and listen to it recorded. But in booking for the Machete, that's where I kind of like opened my mind for it. Like we have this one band that we bring in from time to time called Azilli. They're amazing, mm-hmm. and I would never like if I not, like you know listening to their recordings, I would not. I would not have come to it had I not seen them live. You know, like, I would not have been, like, a believer had I not seen them live. Sure. Um, But watching them perform live is so much fun. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's so good. Yeah, and, like, know. and they're, and they're, and, again, through doing bookings at the Machete, like, being, you know, because I feel like when you're, I feel like when you're, like, especially, like, when you're in high school, you're, like, you silo yourself into, like, one genre of music because, like, you feel like that makes you a well- Uh, you're searching you're searching you're searching for definition in general as a human being
0: and this gives you a clean like this and this is how to dress because you don't know what to do you just you just figured out how choice works
1: (laughs) (laughs) i don't know how to define myself i'm just
0: now starting to be allowed to pick out my own clothes (laughs) And, Mom's not
1: brushing my yeah, hair anymore. Yeah, and, and there's a
0: paint-by-number set over here yeah. with these kids. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. And so I think you know, like again, uh, coming into coming into my adult life and just being like, oh, okay, so like we're gonna just broaden this out. Like you know, it's all it's it's, it's as it's about. For me right now, it's about volume because again, like i'm trying to like I'm trying to consume as much as I can so that I can be a better curator, yeah you know like it, like making decisions uh, as to who to bring in for the machete like i'm i'm bringing in I'm trying to diversify our genre uh, you know i'm trying to make it make it so that we're putting more things in front of our audience of broader genres than we were before. Sure. And we were doing a pretty decent job of that before. Right. But something like one of the big holes in in our programming was like we weren't bringing in a lot of rap music. Yeah. And so I'm really trying to make an effort to like pull artists in from that world uh, sure. a bit more. And again, like metal was not something that was like super right. well represented. And so trying to bring in more people from that world is. Um, uh, there's like a like a couple of emo bands that I brought in, you know, and just been mm-hmm. like come on, do your thing, like and uh, and it's always and I absolutely adore like bringing in like the emo bands or the metal bands or the rappers and they walk into the Green Mill, which is like this gangster jazz bar that looks like it was preserved in amber from the 1920s, and they're like, "Are you sure you want to perform? Like we're pretty loud, you know." And I'm like, "Yes, that's why I booked you. That's okay. Yep, yep, that's why you're here. I booked you because you're perfect in every." Way for for what I'm doing right now. So
0: how are you finding stuff? Because I mean, so you and I have similar jobs mm-hmm. in that I need to put on uh, an hour's worth mm-hmm. of music every mm-hmm. single week, and I try to put on stuff that most people haven't heard, yeah, that your average consumer hadn't yeah. run yeah, across, yeah. right? Um, or stuff that that turns me on. But I also kind of want things to have a general sort of feel. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is what the show is. It's mm-hmm. not all rock music. It's yeah. mostly rock yeah. music, um, and it, it's really it's kind of tough to. It's not. I'm getting ahead of myself. It is not hard to find things, Mm -hmm. but there is so much stuff to sort through. Yeah, it's like going to a record store. Like there's so much stuff to sort through to find the stuff you really want. Like what is what's your what's your process? So
1: uh, a lot of it is like good old like good old school Chicago nepotism. Like I Mm -hmm. talk to my friends. Sure. What do you guys like? You know, and they are bringing me to a lot of things that, like, like you know, I wouldn't have thought to look at before. And I, again, making sure that I'm reaching out to like artists that I've worked with before, and be like, hey, like, do you have any pals that you think would be good for this show? Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, is is there somebody else in your world that you think should be on my radar? And mm-hmm. so there's, you know, because at the end of every paper machete, uh, Chris Pyatt signs off with, we say the paper machete is a word of mouth phenomenon, and that works not only for how we grow our audience because we have no marketing budget, and so right. we just like hope that you tell a friend about our show, but we also talk to our friends. And, like, again, like, f- one of the sort of core values in the machete is community. Like, it's, it's not necessarily, like, a stated value, but it is it, – it, it's the beating heart. That makes the body go. Yeah. Um. And that community is not just like the community that we build for our audiences to enjoy, and that our audiences build for themselves too. Because I, I know of a lot of people who have like met very close friends at the Machete, or sure. met loved ones that you know yeah. like, found their boyfriends, girlfriends, mm-hmm. you know, like a significant others at the Machete, um, that sort of thing. And so, but also like the the community of performers that we work with too. We try to support them, and also like y- like use them for information. You know, like they're they're our best asset. Yeah. And so like yeah. when I'm talking to my my pals from the show, like, what do you, again? What are you listening to right now? Or a lot of times because you know I follow like social media, follow them on Instagram. I look at the bills they're on. You know, I'm like, who else are you performing? Sure, with? I do the same thing. You know, and so I'm I'm, I'm checking out like, okay, you're going to be at um, Quenchers with blah 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 blah. blah um, R.I.P. Quenchers, right? R.I.P. Yeah, that's a that's bummer. right. Like, <laughs> that's a
0: real bummer. Uh, I think it's going to turn to like a doctor's office or something. It's know. Quenchers. If you don't know, if you've never been in Chicago, or even if you've been in Chicago and you missed mm-hmm. the boat, like mm-hmm. Quenchers is the corner of uh corner of Fullerton and Western has had like a great just such a good history of yeah. of uh it was for also one of the few bars that used to carry Mallard now everyone does but um there was it had this great history of like just being a joint just mm-hmm. a capital J joint yeah, and yeah. booked a lot of great music yeah. for a really long time and then you know it there comes a time when the person who, who owns a bar kind of is like I'm you know I'm done tired. like I've <laughs> So I'm ready. To, I'm, a, I'm, an, I'm a man of retirement age yeah. and I'm ready to retire. Mm-hmm. And if no one wants to buy it at whatever and keep it alive, it's a rock club because keeping you know, keeping a, a bar in a rock club is expensive it's and so it's hard. a it's a grind. But if a corporation comes around and goes, I'll give you mm-hmm. four million yeah. or whatever just yeah. for the space, it's like eh, well, it's okay. kind of hard to say no yeah. to that. Yeah. yeah. It is. But mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, if someone's but... at, if someone's at rock, if someone's at Quenchers, yeah, you see yeah, yeah. that bill, I, and, I, yeah.
1: I look at their bills, I look at who else they're playing with, I look at who else they're performing with, and there's I mean, there's a lot of great like folks doing great curations in the city too so I'm just kind of I'm trying to keep my eye to other venues in the city seeing who they're pulling in and then I'll kind of like go to those resources and like again like it's it's social like it's so trite to say but like social media is such an asset obviously you know like it just being able to be like oh like I'm I'm kind of interested in this band let me just like follow them on Instagram and if they kind of pop up a couple times and keep catching my eye yeah. for whatever reason mm-hmm. like I'll devote some time to like sitting down listening to their albums and then also like you know I'm so thankful too that a lot of these artists are on Spotify because yeah. I can just sit and just download like everything just sit in my kitchen while i'm cooking and just do research for yeah. the show that's and how i do a lot of the research yeah, for this show absolutely absolutely sometimes like it. it's
0: just like hey if you like this yeah. you might also like yes. and i go i've never heard of that band yep what yeah and then do you play them? super helpful yeah and
1: so you know and 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 at this point too like i think one of the the, the greatest gifts that uh, the machete has given me is complete faith in my taste you know, I believe in my. Mm. You know, I think, and I think, especially a lot of young women will complete will,
0: faith in my taste. In by my the taste. way, is a great, great point. I really is. I <laughs> never heard it. Fra- I've never heard it phrased that way, Thank but you. it's Thank a really good point. Yeah,
1: I think. I think, especially you'll hear this from like younger women. Like you know, everyone goes through this phase. You, like like where they're not quite sure if. Uh, They have good taste, basically. Um, And I think especially for young women, we're so um, encouraged to doubt every decision we make all the time Mm -hmm. and have no faith in our own decision-making abilities. At this point, you know, like, I'm like, no, I know I have good taste. I've demonstrated it repeatedly. And I trust myself to make good decisions. And also, I trust myself to fix the mistakes I make. Like, when I do mess up, and eventually I will... I know I have the tools to rectify that situation. And so I'm just not worried about making a mistake at this point. And so like with that in mind, I'm just listening and liking and, you know, and that's it. That's all I have to do. I'm listening and liking. And then what I enjoy is what I give to you. Sure. You and know? have you
0: booked, have you booked anything where you went, we gambled and this yeah. didn't pay I off. I mean,
1: like it's never been like, Oh God, why? Like it's been, <laughs> you know, it, it's been like, you know, their recordings were better than their, that's like the one yeah. thing that like, I wish I could do more of because like, you know, I, like I have like multiple revenue streams as, as as every millennial does you know like we don't get jobs we get collections of hustles mm-hmm. and because my current collection of hustles doesn't really allow for me to go out and see a lot of live shows um i that's the that, that's, that's the one piece of my life that i feel like is really missing right now like I, I would like to be able to go out more to scout sure and um you know because sometimes it's like oh i listened to your recordings they were amazing and then the live band gets there and you're like it's not God uh,
0: yeah.
1: i see that whoever was mastering your did a really good job of covering yeah, up certain yeah. things, you know, yeah. like or just the performance energy is not there or whatever, you know. It's just they, they don't bring what I thought they were going to bring. To the performance, and like so again, it's never like completely off the rails, but sometimes I'm like, hey you know, like and you
0: weren't as good, yeah. And sometimes it goes the opposite well, way like, too. It's not
1: even necessarily like you weren't as good, or like, but just you weren't the right fit, yeah. You know, you, this is not as energetic as I was hoping it to be, or you're not engaging with our audiences the way I hope sure. that you would, yeah. And yeah, you're right, absolutely. It, sometimes it goes in the reverse direction where sometimes I listen to a recorded piece and I'm like, mm, oh, this man sucks, but mm. then you see him live and you are like, yeah, you're so great, you know, yeah. like, oh come, please do the show. You well, know, well,
0: Tim, Tim Sever and I were talking about that too. Like we, he and I used to do the same thing where you. Like you'd go to these basement shows, VFW shows. I don't know how it was On the East Coast, you oh. were in boarding schools. So you probably missed it, mm-hmm, right? But mm-hmm. like a lot of like just public school kids, mm-hmm. everybody who had a band had a whatever. And sometimes oh, yeah. you know you'd tour the same same guys' basements and stuff. Yeah. And a lot of times you'd see people and, and like this band is amazing. And yeah. you get so caught up in their energy as a band. Yeah. And then they'd sell a seven inch or sell it's a CD, so bad. and it sucked so it's hard. They
1: don't have access to the yeah, tools to make it good. Exactly. You know, if they did, they would, but they don't. So here's your garbage. Like at, you know, like here's your garbage tape. Like, but now everyone does. Everybody. Yeah
0: can make a decent record Mm -hmm. on GarageBand. Yes. I mean, I did the opening, like the opening music to this show, I did in four minutes on GarageBand and went, that's fine. Great. Yep. (laughs) Let's
1: move on next project. Exactly.
0: Yeah. It's it's totally possible. So what do you, so you're looking for energy, you're looking for for certain things. are you yeah, really so, big on finding new stuff or are you more interested um, in curating like a roster that you can rotate?
1: little column a little column b so okay. i'm I'm trying to like i said I'm trying to expand the number of genres that we regularly represent on the bill right and so like we're we're always at the machete we're always trying to keep an eye to making sure our booking is as inclusive as humanly possible, right and so we're not trying to in like like this is true like like you know are we being inclusive of people of different ethnicities races genders gender identities uh sexual orientations all of that and also like from in in my end of things in the music booking is like how many genres are we putting in front of you sure and so i'm trying to put more because like it also we, when you sit down and you really think about that that also means that you're putting on a more well-rounded bill in terms of like race ethnicity of course etc., sexual, sexual etc. Et et yeah. like if you're not if you're like only putting on rock bands, like guess what you're mostly putting on white boys like so mm-hmm. if, primarily you know yeah. like and so you need to be mindful of that and um and so like again, we're trying to expand genres we're trying to be uh, i'm trying to be like more mindful of like who is performing this music you know am I giving people opportunities to have you know have the stage that otherwise might not get them, especially yep. in front of our audience like like one of my um A couple of my pals, um, Alive Alone, they are from the South Side. Mm -hmm. They don't come up and play North Side shows ever, hardly ever, because there's just no venues for them up here, like really – to speak of like they they do a lot of work playing house shows they tour a lot you know like and and so it's cool for me to be able to be like come up and play on the north side someplace you don't usually have the opportunity to come and play absolutely um and so uh so and 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 so so i'm trying to do i'm trying to expand that and so in that way i'm bringing in new people but also again it's really important to me that we're cultivating relationships right yeah um again the machete entirely operates on community on relationships on like you know like the, the 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 goodwill of both us as producers and our performers and our audience. Yeah. Um. And so you know, I want to make sure that like you know, again, like I said, Mike Mooney's next time he plays it's his birthday. Yeah. You know, because we want I like I I'm like it's cool that we can we can give that to you. You know, yeah. like uh, Alan Kahn, who uh, fronts Bad Bad Meow, like who
0: I've played on this yeah, show several yeah, yeah, times. Yeah. 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 Uh,
1: he he was like, hey, can I ask a favor? Like my birthday's on this date. Can I come? And I'm like, yeah, dude, come mm-hmm. on. You know, I'm like, and or like, um like when Avantis released their latest oh, yeah, record yeah, like yeah. I got in touch with them and I'm like hey you guys just released your those records.
0: dudes are wild they're so
1: much fun um, I That's love the, the, watching they're them Like performing. they're
0: like four Latino brothers that, yes yeah and they were yeah. all first time I saw them was like an emporium yeah. and they were all wearing like they were all wearing basketball jerseys yeah. Oh, yeah. it was like a Sam Trump produced like rap yeah. show yeah. yeah and they yeah. just went in the middle yeah. I'm like these yeah. guys they're are wild they're so
1: great they're, they're wonderful friends of the show yeah. they're so wonderful they, 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 we put them on a ton and again like I try to make sure sh- like this is part of like again like why social media is great because I can keep it, keep tabs on all my like band buddies and be like, oh, hey, you're re- I saw that you're releasing albums soon. Do mm-hmm. you want to book a date to promote it? Yep. You know, and so I wanna make sure that we're we're also giving, you know, giving the stage to people uh, for for personal reasons too like oh you 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 have a show coming up and you want to promote it you have a tour coming up and you want to promote it reach out to me tell me you know yeah. like i would love to help you facilitate that because that's like you know we want we want our, our artists to benefit from this and like we do have very full houses normally and so that's great but if we can go above and beyond and be like okay we're gonna give you this specific opportunity sure. so that you can leverage that into like you know selling more records or whatever you know like whatever the case may be um we are trying to do that as well so yes i'm trying to keep i'm Trying to bring in new people, but I'm yeah. also trying to take care of our friends. That's awesome. You know,
0: that's so cool. And I, I love that. I love when there are risky choices that are made because I've seen the show enough to know what I know. What's always going to go over well, mm-hmm. right? And it's you could tell. And I know oh, yeah. I don't always know the musicians. I frequently do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like we we were talking about playing a, a record uh, by Glitter Money, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which is this uh, so this, good. Two, this essentially a rap group, two women, mm-hmm. uh, really fun. Like good like good rappers fun concepts i don't I do not want to call them a novelty act at all but they do large scale like concept songs and that sort of thing and they're funny and so energetic and cool and I did a show with them once and was like what the hell because I had no idea well I went up there and I was playing like hey here's my new uh, here's my new songs and I'm like you know playing some not sad boy stuff but kind of sad boy (laughs) stuff and they're like and here's Glitter Money and I went what the hell is that because they have a song like the first they did I think one or two tunes and the first Mm -hmm. tune they did was um, we'll call it Suction Cup Marital Aid Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's I was like one, what it? the hell I can't and they played you. so, the, so oh. they played the machete and there was like all these older white <laughs> women in there and I go this is going to Dude. bomb and it was no, and they killed they,
1: they, they, they that room that was such a it was such a tough day for uh, cis straight men in that room because that also, was a yeah that yeah, was a that
0: was a very anti-man kind of day yeah. sorry y'all um, it happens no, yeah, it happens. Right we'll, before, take a, we'll take an right L, L once right
1: before they performed that very song uh, Marlena. Orange Rodriguez got up and she did this like amazing stand-up set uh, where, like, she 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 talked about. Uh, like one of her favorite sexual positions was one where she could roll her eyes freely Mm -hmm. at what her partner was doing. Yes, And right after the room responded, she goes, that's the sound of women laughing and of men learning. And right after that (laughs) glitter money came back on stage and it was like, this. and like, and that's exactly it. Because I think, I think again, even though that's like glitter money's brand is like that sort of like edgy millennial, like, you know, in your face, like, uh, unapologetic like here's my political praxis deal yes. with it yeah, you yeah, know yeah. like uh, that reaches like like the nice older white ladies mm-hmm. of, like the north side of Chicago yeah. in a way that like lights them up in like just like in, you know it, it, the, to see that room explode that day the way it did like especially for like the the female contingent of the room it was just it was so I, that was like one of my proudest moments as a producer where I was and, like yes I've done it and they're, like. s-
0: they're so magnanimous oh, yeah. some magnanimous magnetic that mm-hmm. like they they start the first 30 seconds, 45, 50, minute 12, the crowd is still like, what? We don't. We're not entirely sure how to respond. Mm-hmm. And then they're just up there like cursing and mm-hmm. spitting and yelling in mm-hmm. people's faces mm-hmm. and like being. And they're funny. Oh my god! And yeah. by the end of the song, by the end of the first song, just they win. Everybody. They, they just win. They win everybody. They over. just win. You know, you
1: can't not like them. Yeah. They're so charismatic. They're dope. They're so much. Fun. I wish I
0: could play their stuff on the air. I oh, can't. No. Uh, find them. Glitter Money with Three Wise. Yes. Money with Three Wise. Yes. Um, I'd love to have them on here, but I'm I'm a little. I'm just like, hey, I'd love. I can't promote anything. You. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't play it. Um, yeah, yeah but they're, they're super dope. There's yeah. so many, uh, so many things. What's, um, we are, we're out of time, which is unfortunate, oh, wow. but it's been fun. It's been really fun talking to you. Uh, I'm going to ask the question I ask most people. Worst show you ever did or worst show you were ever a part of?
1: Uh, White Noise. Not, this was not. This White was, Noise.
0: Uh, was it Victory Gardens? It,
1: uh, no, it was at the Royal George. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was a, it was a, uh, musical, uh, produced by Whoopi Goldberg. Uh-huh. That was – basically the concept was like what if a pair – this was also pre – this was in 2010-11, something like that. So this was like way pre-Trump era. Yeah, I remember. Um, and uh, it was – the concept behind it was a what, what would happen if we accidentally gave two white supremacists a record deal and they became a huge pop sensation. Like – that's an
0: actually that's a really interesting concept. I
1: wish that they had written it well.
0: Yeah, and oh, okay.
1: so yeah, no. The the concept is fascinating, and like the the B plot was really good, and like uh, like or rather like the the concept behind the B plot was really good, and like the 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 sort of the the pieces were there to have made a really interesting product, but it got the original writer got fired. that was the first time I learned that you could fire the writer of a show. Like, and it's their show. Yeah, yeah like that's insane, their show. Right? I was like, you can do that? Yeah. Like, oh wow. So they fired the original writer, brought in like a whole other team of like hotshot young things just out of school, blah blah blah. And they just wrote it to death and it just didn't didn't, didn't hit? It didn't hit. Was that like, pre
0: Broadway run? Or did it, it was, did not go Broadway it made it at all? Made it to Broadway. It didn't, but, but that was the it idea, was supposed right? To be. Yeah.
1: yeah, it was supposed to be. And like and it, it was just it was they didn't they didn't like they didn't deal with their own political setup very well, because in the end, the kind of question was like, uh, maybe everyone's uh, got a point like and it was like, right. that's not the message you should be sending. Like, all. And part of just the disaster of the show was like it just they they just ran. I didn't know you could work 96 hours a week.
0: Oh, Yo, you can! You
1: sure can. That was <laughs> when I first learned you could work ninety-six hours a week. Wow! Like I, I had so little time that I had to buy socks because I didn't have time to launder socks. I get that. Like yeah. you know, you've been there. Yeah. I, I, I had so, I, I worked so much. I had to throw out my shoes because wow. I had worn them. Too much
0: And the show sucked And the show
1: That's sucked That's unfortunate It was really but, And this is
0: part of the reason That they keep making shows Based on stupid movies mm-hmm. And bad TV shows mm-hmm. Is because when you have A fresh concept And a new concept It yep. takes work yes. And work shopping yes. And it doesn't always yes. pay off yes. So if you throw A bajillion dollars at something And yeah. it doesn't pay off yeah. You're kind of screwed So yeah. they go You know what Everybody will buy tickets to Footloose yep. Or Dirty Dancing yeah. Or whatever
1: Brigadoon
0: Tootsie yeah. Tootsie's a musical now <laughs> Is it really In this era Really the okay. Dustin Hoffman movie okay. is now, yeah, it's running uh, at Broadway in Chicago or whatever it is. It's a pre-pre Broadway run. Good, That's great. what I'm saying. Thank it's just mean. like this is this is why All we right. can't. This is why we can't have nice no. things because sometimes it doesn't <laughs> or work. Or challenging
1: out. things. And again, yeah, this is this goes yeah. back to like why we don't charge of the paper machete because like there are no producers pulling our strings, being like, you know what, you really can't burn a flag yeah. on stage because we want our performers to be able to burn flags if they want. Yeah, and they have.
0: Uh, I had someone said someone something on stage at the Green Mill once, and I. It was not. A, it didn't go well. What happened? He just was like, "And I'm gonna burn this poem." And he was like, "Just this old oh, jamoke. No. <laughs> and he, so he like, and I'm on stage, and uh, he just pulls out a lighter and starts setting fire to his poem, thinking it's symbolic. Mm-hmm. And in Gemilo, Dave Gemilo owns a joint. Who is yeah. the the one dude I've ever met who I don't mess with. Mm-hmm. Uh, he ever. he was in the building, and for some reason, he's kind of letting it go. Mm-hmm. And at some point, I was like, "Okay, give it up for this guy," and can some could someone get him a wine bucket so I could put this out <laughs> you moron don't come back here <laughs> no
1: we had I mean like I did I did the good stage manager thing and I had like dousing buckets like literally yeah, yeah, yeah. surrounding uh, this performer because you like. knew it was gonna happen <laughs> yep, yep.
0: I had no idea oh, no. And he was next to the piano no 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 yeah, no no no, no 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 it was a bad <laughs> look it was a bad um anyway we gotta go uh Liam Muncy's here or was here and it, it was so good to have you in and you you know what I didn't think he was a guest until Whitney Chitwood I was like yeah. Whitney someone drops I need someone whatever it was and Whitney Whitney who's so rad and by the way I think it's episode nine of the show. Such a good conversation. She's so cool. Um, sent. Uh, she's like, "What about Leah?" I was like, "Bing, Leah I was like, be great." I didn't even think because you don't think about your friends, you know, especially mm-hmm. like your mm-hmm. non-performing friends. Yeah. Um, but it was I'm so glad you were here anything else we want to plug definitely the Uh,
1: the Wednesday show the cocktail hour the cocktail hour show Uh, yeah we just launched the paper machete cocktail hour show so you can come see the paper machete not only Saturdays at 3pm but also Wednesdays at 6.30pm 6.30 to 8 it's a little bit chiller of a vibe it's a little bit more mellow uh, a little darker in some moments uh, and definitely fun and worth checking out
0: awesome thanks so much for being here it was such a great conversation and uh, we're going to go out with the cheap thrills this is Tides on Q4 Radio QUEfire.org shots one more time 98.3 FM you've been listening to Busted Mouth. We'll see you uh, every single Monday, 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, be good out there. Hope you're having a good week. Hope it gets better. Enjoy the weather while you can. I've been controlling the tide With some friends of mine We've seen it's there for a while Sit back and close our eyes Well, so they came out of that school As gravitational upon